All right, hello out there and welcome. This is Beck Barnes and Jim Stebman of Cotton Grower coming at you from the fabled Cotton Grower Sound Studios here in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where we're actually enjoying some sunshine and some moderate temps at the moment for the first time in a couple weeks, even though there's plenty of plenty of mud out there. You wouldn't want to walk through my backyard at the moment, but it's shining right now, so I won't complain. Um, whether you are joining us from Fresno or Friars Point, we want to welcome you back to this, the award-winning Cotton Companion podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime. He's Cotton Grower's senior editor, Mr. Jim Stebman. Howdy, Jim. Hello, Beck. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well, as you know. Happy to be back in the office. We, um, or mm-hmm. rather, I was doing some travel down in Florida last week, and uh, I know that for many of y'all, it's kind of travel season two as it is meeting time um, across the belt. We know it's a crowded winter calendar uh, as deer and duck season wrap up here in the Mid-South. Many of y'all are going to be headed to these association meetings, whether that's a you know big coat and tie affair or a small fish fry at somebody's farm shop put on by the local co-op. Uh, we we appreciate you carving out some time for us out there. So um, the first thing we want to do today is to bring you a short message from our sponsors at Phytogen. Phytogen is pleased to sponsor the Cotton Companion, bringing you the latest news to help you thrive all season long. Okay, so we are, as always, so appreciative of our sponsors, those good folks at Phytogen, and uh, they certainly make this podcast possible. We're thankful for them. As always, we are going to follow that brief message from them up with a custom content segment featuring our own custom content editor, Robin Sickberg, and she recently sat down and spoke with uh, Mr. Joel Faircloth, uh, Phytogen's U.S. portfolio manager. So we want to bring you that custom interview segment right now. Hello, I'm Robin Sipper, custom content editor at Meister Media Worldwide, publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine. And my guest today is Dr. Joel Faircloth, Phytogen U.S. Cotton Portfolio Manager. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Robin. Glad to be back. Well, I know in the last episode, we talked about two new phytogen varieties for 2020. And in today's segment, we want to talk about some other phytogen brand varieties available for 2020. But before we get into that, what in general makes phytogen unique and how does it differentiate itself in the cottonseed market? Like most cottonseed companies, we're looking for high yielding, high quality germplasm. Uh, but our breeders, where we stand out is that we have focused on yield protection. We want stable products that fit across the farm and they, they protect a, a producer when he puts our product in a field and that field maybe has uh, bacterial blight issues or root knot nematode or vert wilt. We want to make sure that we protect that yield so that those products thrive regardless of where that grower uh, puts them. And same goes with Wide Strike 3 insect protection. We brought that out uh, to enhance our, 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 our efficacy against bollworm um, and also our Enlist herbicide trait that we brought out. You know, phytogen's got a lot of varieties and we don't have time to go into them all here, but maybe you could give us some highlights of, of just a few of them. Sure. Real, real quickly, uh, we have two products that were new last year, Phytogen 210 and, and Phytogen 250. They're both W3FE products. They're early maturing products, and they're really for the northern high plains uh, and fit that area due to their storm tolerance and, and burnt wilt tolerance. Our, uh, we have quite a few Phytogen 300 series, and many of these are back this year, will be offered to growers. One I'd point out is Phytogen 350. It is probably the most broadly adapted of these products and, and probably the second highest 
uh, fiber quality that we have. So it's a, it's a very good yielder, but it also has exceptional fiber quality and broadly adapted. The 400 series, uh, we have 480, 430, and 440 W3FE coming back. Uh, many of these have the breeding traits. For example, 480, uh, industry-leading root knot nematode-resistant variety that we offer uh, pretty broadly adapted. So uh, lastly, the 500 series, we offer the new product I mentioned last time, Phytogen 500, and we also offer 580, which offers root knot nematode resistance, fits the deep south very well, uh, high yield potential premium fiber quality with bacterial blight, and again, root knot nematode resistance with this product. It is a true full season product. It sounds like Phytogen's got a variety for every situation and every region, because I know this was just a touch of a few of the ones that are available. So thanks for highlighting those. You bet. No one variety does fit every situation. So our breeders are committed to making sure, and I'm committed to making sure, that we can fit every corner of the marketplace as we consider what we, what we bring forward. We want our customers to be successful so that we can be successful. All right. Well, I guess that's, that wraps up our time. But thank you again for being on the program for a second time. And I'd just like to recommend to growers to go to phytogen.com for more information. Thanks, Robin. Okay, a big thank you to Robin and to Joel and uh, to Phytogen, of course. And with that, we're going to get the ball rolling on this, the 64th episode of The Cotton Companion. And we got a lot to get into today. Uh, here in a minute, Jim is going to lead us in our news segment where possible topics include but are not limited to that new Navigable Waters Protection Act that was signed just last week. We have a lot to dive into there, pardon the pun. Uh, and then we're going to... Also be discussing, Jim shaking his head across the table from me. We're I also, always shake my head. <laughs> we are also <laughs> going to be discussing some new appointees over at the Cotton Board, right? Is that correct, That's Jim? That's correct. And um, probably a lot of familiar names there. I saw that uh, press release come across my, my desk a few days ago. So we, we're happy to talk about those good folks who are doing uh, some work on behalf of the industry. And then I believe Jim also has a rundown, a techie rundown, of the 20 best ag apps for all of you smartphone enthusiasts out there. And I believe that's, uh, did we get some help from the cotton or rather the crop life editors? We have some groups, some information from the, this is all based on, on a crop life, uh, our friends up at crop life, our, our sister publication. That's right. And uh, it's something they put together annually and uh, there's some good information in there. And we'll talk about that very briefly when we get to that point. Uh, those old those old boys have some good ideas on occasion. I'll give it to them. They, <laughs> they, they got the techie stuff uh, down pat. So anyhow, after that, we are going to bring y'all an interview that Jim recently conducted with Mr. Paul Vaculin over at AMVAC. And uh, I believe those two talked about a number of topics, including a recap of 2019, kind of a look ahead to 2020. But also they discussed uh, something that we're going to mention a couple of times going forward, but something that we're happy to plug on behalf of AMVAC, and that's this ag scholarship program that they uh, put on. Uh, so if you know any ag-minded high schoolers or folks around college age, uh, be sure to tune in, hang around, tune into that little segment. So uh, before we get going, we definitely want to include a discussion of this big phase one trade deal news. You guys, uh, unless you have been living under a rock, you have heard about it. You've probably been talking about it. And uh, that was this agreement that the Americans and Chinese signed on January 15. So it would have, of course, uh, been signed a day after we recorded our last podcast. But we did talk about it 
in the hopeful terms, and we it did. happened. So. We did. We so did. Our track record is, is still intact. <laughs> it's intact. That's, if there's anything imminent that people are waiting on, just get us to mention it on the podcast. It will happen the next day in between when we pod and when, you know, uh, the podcast actually publishes. Uh, so anyhow, it's always a little clumsy timing when you're working in media, but we're happy to discuss that thing now. Um, obviously, uh, I am no trade expert, but I can give you all a quick rundown of the basics of that thing. Again, you guys are probably at least somewhat familiar. Um, that is that, number one, China has tentatively agreed to a purchase of some $40 billion in American ag products uh, through the 2020 through the end of 2020. Uh, you know, signed in January. So they've got a, a whole calendar year to really meet that sort of increase in ag purchases that they would normally, it's an increase over what they have traditionally taken from the American uh, ag industry. Uh, there's also another 40 billion in ag products that have been, or purchases that have been promised for next year, for the 2021 year. Um, as such, uh, ag, Secretary, ag Secretary Sonny Perdue uh, has said that there will be no further need for farm aid packages that growers uh, have seen over the past two years. We know for many of y'all that's welcome news. You'd rather have uh, aid over, or rather trade over aid, as uh, it has so uh, rhymingly been succinctly put. Um, so, you know, we, we may have gotten used to these past two years of market facilitation payments. Secretary Purdue does not believe we will have a third year of that program uh, going into 2020. With that said, there is a third and final payment that has kind of been left a little bit in the lurch here on the heels of this uh, phase one agreement announcement. Uh, It is the third and final payment as part of that 2019 MFP program. And uh, just feels like maybe it's in a state of limbo for US ag producers uh, to be sure. Secretary Purdue has called that third, they call it a third tranche, and I hope I'm pronouncing that word correctly. I've read it a hundred times, but I've not heard that word <laughs> pronounced on news. It's, it's, it's not a common part of our vocabulary. Yeah, so I'm sure uh, as soon as I, I'll go home mm. and watch the news tonight and someone will pronounce tranche. No, I, I'm going to say tranche uh, of MFP payments. Purdue has said that that third payment is imminent. Uh, so many of uh, the folks that I've talked to, the farmers in the Mid-South who I'm buddies with, got your second tranche of MFP payments back in November with the third one was promised for December and then it was uh, moved down the road a little bit to January and now here we are today is Jan 27 I believe that's correct and um, we still just haven't seen those again Purdue says that payment is imminent Um, we have no reason to doubt Secretary Purdue personally I like Secretary Purdue a lot Um, But I would just add this little bit of editorializing here, which um, we only occasionally get into. Uh, I would just say, boy, uh, I hope he follows through with that. We hope that uh, there is indeed that third tranche of 2019 MFP payments because we need it as an industry. My understanding was that that money was designated to alleviate market losses from the past two seasons that were a byproduct of this trade dispute. And so my feeling then is that, um, uh, you know, this trade deal going forward into 2020, crucially here, has not had a market impact on commodity markets. Now, here we are two weeks after the, the ink was dried on the paper there. Um, but regardless, that should have no bearing on the third tranche of this 2019 MFP payment. Uh, the losses from last year linger on. And as we get into springtime, many of you guys are getting into purchase season. You're thinking about 
equipment, other inputs you may need going into 2020. And, um, you know, there's just no there's no better time for that payment to come through as we head into 2020 purchase season, for lack of a better way to put, you know, this run up to planting. Uh, the losses from last year do linger on. And I just say that those third tranche payments can't get here soon enough, in my opinion. What impact this phase one deal is going to have on our commodity markets is yet to be seen. But the tough calendar year of 2019, uh, for those of y'all who try to make a living growing row crops like cotton and soybeans, um, those tough months have come and gone and there's no amount of market fluctuation that's going to change the struggles that we had over the past 18 months, 12 months in particular. So uh, anyhow, I would just, uh, you know, lend my voice to those calling for that third tranche of payments to come on through, come on down the pipe. So enough of my rambling. Uh, forgive me. Uh, thank you for allowing me that. Jim, without further ado, please hit us with the news items of the day, sir. All right, Beck. Well, we're going to start with just sort of a quick follow-up to uh, to the conversation you just had, the comments you just had about the China Phase 1 trade deal. Uh, and I'm going to look at it from the perspective of the National Cotton Council and their reaction to that. And, and obviously, they believe this deal could provide a much-needed boost to U.S. cotton exports, but they will also be the first to tell you that the overall impact for cotton is still uncertain at this point since specific details for each of the commodities involved have not been released. So with that uncertainty, uh, the council also called on USDA, just like UBEC, to move ahead with that third tranche of the MFP payments, uh, which Secretary Purdue has hinted are coming very, very soon. Now on the heels of the China agreement came uh, finally came Senate approval of the new U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, uh, which has been uh, approved and signed by President Trump and now moves to that final I-dotting and T-crossing uh, segment for all the details and await the, uh, the final passage from Canada that is expected to come very, very soon. And then finally, since things seem to come in threes, uh, came the EPA Corps of Engineers' January 23rd release of the Navigable Waters Protection Rule that you mentioned. Uh, this obviously replaces the Obama administration's Waters of the U.S. regulations. And this final rule removes a lot of the elements from federal control uh, that, that, were, that were really causing a sticking point on this. And these are things including features that contain water only in response to rainfall, groundwater, a lot of farm and roadside ditches, prior converted cropland, and stock watering ponds. Now, the National Cotton Council worked long and hard on this issue that restores power to the states for controlling their own waters and for local land use and zoning issues, and they will continue to monitor the rules implementation on behalf of the U.S. cotton industry. Now, Beck, also, you also mentioned uh, the Cotton Board, and uh, it's, it's always that time of year, early in January, mid-January, when uh, Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue announces the new members and the new alternate members to serve three-year term on the Cotton Board. That news came in uh, late last week as 18 new members and 18 new alternate members were named to a term that ends December 31st of 2022. Uh, these members, alternates, and consumer advisors represent the, uh, the interests of import importers and producers to the Cotton Board and to Cotton Incorporated, and their input helps determine activities, obviously, of the Cotton Research and Promotion Program, 
which is targeted at improving profitability of the entire cotton industry. Now, rather than read 36, 40 names on this, uh, you're gonna, if you go to cottongrower.com, you will find a list of all of those new members and alternate members, as well as two additional alternate members who were named to fill vacancies for terms that end uh, at the end of 2020 and at the end of 2021. That article is now posted on cottongrower.com. We certainly appreciate each of these individuals, and there are a number of recognizable names on there for committing uh, their time and their energy to this important advisory role for the industry. That's right. You guys should go go to cottongrower.com to find that story. Who knows? Might be your neighbor. Might be your cousin. Uh, who who knows uh, the uh, Easter egg mm-hmm. surprises you may find there. Yeah, no in, kidding. In that story. No kidding. Um, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about this in just a few minutes, but uh, AMVAC Chemical Corporation is now accepting applications for uh, for its 2020 Cotton Industry Advancement Scholarship, something that Beck mentioned. That's a program that began last year, and it proved to be uh, very popular and, and successful for the company. The company awarded seven scholarships last year, each one of those worth $2,000, to, uh, to students who qualified for the scholarships. Now, uh, to be considered for the scholarship, applicants must be nominated by a practicing cotton consultant, or they have to have worked for a cotton consultant at some point between 2018 and 2020, and either be a senior in high school or currently be enrolled full-time in an undergraduate or graduate-level agriculture program at an accredited college or university. Now, information and forms for nomination and applications uh, is all available online at amvac.com forward slash scholarship. That's A-M-V-A-C dot com forward slash scholarship. And all applications must be completed and submitted by July 1 to be considered. Winners will be selected by a panel of judges and scholarships will be awarded based on the merits of the applications. Two winners will be selected from the Southeast, from the Mid-South, and from the Southwest, and one additional winner will be selected from either California or Arizona. And those, those announcements on the winners will come by August 14th. Um, the interview that we have coming up uh, in our market segment with Paul Vaculin, who is the Southern Crops Marketing Manager for MVAC, uh, goes into a little bit more detail about the scholarship. Uh, the merits of the scholarship, the success, that, uh, how they felt about uh, about the program in 2019, and uh, and parts of the reasons that they're they're equally excited or more excited moving into this program for 2020. Very cool, very generous program they got they're running there. And Absolutely, I, you know I think it's kind of neat the geographic nature they do that where mm-hmm. they get somebody from almost every region of the of the farm belt. So pretty right. cool. Well yep. done, and back looking at a total of seven scholarships. So. Uh, Again, if you know a cotton consultant uh, who can submit your nomin- submit a nomination, uh, I would I would say get in touch and uh, and start politicking a little bit yeah. to uh, to get that done. Uh, and last but not least, uh, as Beck mentioned, uh, Matt Hopkins, who's our colleague at uh, sister publication Crop Life, has uh, has compiled a roundup of the best agriculture apps that are available. Twenty of them, in fact, for 2020 and beyond. Now, this is one of Matt's areas of expertise because it certainly doesn't fall into into our areas of expertise. Uh, And I believe you're going to find his comments about new and updated apps uh, to help you farm smarter, 
and to do your job more efficiently, I think you'll find those are going to be of, of some value. That list is also available on cottongrower.com, and uh, we certainly urge you or suggest that you, uh, you check that out. And that is the news. Very cool. Very good deal, Jim. Uh, appreciate you reining it in there. We want to hold up there and bring us this uh, Vaculin, Vaculin interview, I believe, is what's up next. Yeah, forgive me. Uh, we have uh, we got time here for this relatively brief interview that you conducted. Again, you just got done mentioning it with Mr. Paul Vaculin of AMVAC. I know you guys talked about this uh, scholarship program. Was there anything else you looked uh, you you discussed in this thing by way of setting it up? Uh, that was that was the primary reason. Yeah, for the interview. Uh, it's uh, knowing that uh, that they were getting ready to application time was coming for the scholarship and how successful the program was last year. Uh, Paul and I just had an opportunity to sit down for a couple minutes and uh, and talk about the program and uh, and I think you I think you'll find it interesting. Very good. Good deal. Okay, we'll bring you that interview with Mr. Paul Vaculin right now. Welcome to this episode's market segment. We're at the Beltwide Cotton Conferences in Austin, Texas, which is always a great venue for grad students to explain and show off the research work uh, and, and the work they're doing with, uh, with some of the researchers at the universities that they're, they're attending. And we're going to talk about students today, those students who are interested in the cotton industry and a program that was put in place last year to help some of those students get off to a good start. We're visiting with Paul Vaclin. Paul is Cotton Marketing Manager with AMVAC. Paul, thanks for joining me today. Jim, good to be here. Um, thanks for the opportunity. All right. Now, last year, AMVAC launched this Cotton Industry Advancement Scholarship Program to help college students and primarily, I think, freshmen coming in uh, to, interested in uh, sort of in this, being part of the southern crop industry after they graduate. Uh, can you tell me about the program, what you were looking to do with it, and, and pretty much how things went? In 2019. I will be glad to. Yes, last year was our initial launch of this program. And uh, actually, the unique feature of the program is it's driven through uh, independent crop consultants. Okay. So all the nominees that are eligible must be nominated by crop consultants. Okay. So uh, that's, that's a unique feature. Um, we just wanted to work through that group to give them an opportunity to help build people that can uh, help them in the future. Mm -hmm. And also, it does tend to support uh, rural students or rural people exactly. more so. So mm -hmm. um, it was just a concept that we came up that we felt would, you know, provide something different to support that group in the industry because they're very influential, the consultants sure. in, in monitoring fields. And AMVAC has products that, uh, you know, insecticides that are critical for scouting, also harvest aid products that uh, we need consultant recommendations. So they're important. And it was just, we felt like a good opportunity to support them in a, you know, more of a bigger picture way. Sure. How did the, how did the consultants feel? What, what kind of reaction did you get from them when you announced the program? Well, you know, it was, it was very good. Um, we started, I would say, the Mid-South consultants. We kind of started there uh, conceptually, and they thought it was a good idea. And then we, as we evolved the program, we wanted to it to cover the entire cotton belt. So, right. so we designed the program where uh, there are seven winners. So we get uh, two, two from the southeastern states, two from the mid-south, 
and two from uh, Texas, Oklahoma, and, and, and even Kansas, and actually one from the West. Okay. So that's our concept is to kind of support the entire Beltwide um, mm-hmm. crop consultants. And um, that's the way it played out last year initially. Right. So, now, that's, you awarded, what, seven scholarships last year? We awarded seven. That's our, that's our goal. Out of how many applicants did you have? We had year? 26 applicants. Okay. And, um, you know, for an initial year, we thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to expand it and build more awareness. Uh, so we expect to have more, more applicants this year. Sure. But it, as I mentioned, it's driven through the, the crop consultants. So they have to nominate the students. And uh, we've been working through and will be working through uh, state consultant associations, kind of mm-hmm. promoting it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I attend the, mm-hmm. uh, the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants, so we'll, we'll talk about it there at my, you know, at my booth. So we hopefully this year we'll have many more applicants and uh, can really look, look at, uh, at the opportunity to review these students. That's great. What's the selection process? How do you how do you take all these applicants and, and who who makes the decision and, and what's the process there? We have had a committee that was both internal and um, and also a one outside person, and it was five of us, and we just took the applicants. The applicants, the consultant nominates the applicant, then mm-hmm. he goes online and completes a form and uh, provides his information. Then we take that and. Uh, review it and just, you know, just look at the most qualified and, uh, and make the selection that way as a group. Okay. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously first year was successful. You feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Starting the second year of the program. Uh, when do applications start? When do they have to be in? Okay. Uh, applications are open now. Um, and I believe the date, the cutoff date is July 1. July 1, okay. July 1, if my memory's correct. I'm sorry. But, uh, yes, July 1, and then that gives us about a month to uh, review them and process them. And then we like to, you know, before the students leave to go right. back to school, that we can have their reward in hand so that uh, they'll have it to to help them with their initial startup in the fall. That's great. I'm sure the students are pretty grateful for it, too. Has been very good. Uh, we we actually have uh, some little video clips of several of the winners okay. talking about how they uh, used it and their appreciation. And so we can uh, find that on the MVAC website. Uh, you may, you may, yes. They're, okay, they're right there. Great, Paul. This it, it's a great program. We were excited to see it last year. I'm I'm certainly commend MVAC for taking mm-hmm. uh, taking the initiative to sort of help this next generation of consultants and advisors and people within the cotton right. industry uh, because, you know, sometimes we turn around and look behind us and don't see a whole lot, you know, a whole lot of people waiting. It's good to have, good to know there's something there to, uh, to right. help, help spur interest right. in all this. Uh, so anyway, thanks for being with you us. Bet. I Thank you. It. And I appreciate the opportunity and hopefully we can get a few more, well, many more applicants this year. And, uh, but we were happy with our initial start. That's great. We'll be keeping an eye on it. You bet. All right. Now, back to the rest of this Cotton Companion. All right. Well, we want to give a thank you to, a big thank you to Mr. Paul Vaculin, uh, who was gracious enough to visit with Jim for that interview. All right. Well, that's going to just about do it for this installment of the Cotton Companion podcast. Uh, we want to thank you. Well, we want to thank Phytogen as well for sponsoring us. And of course, thank you, dear listener, uh, sincerely for joining us. If you liked what you're hearing, please tell your buddies about this podcast. We have been slowly watching our 
listener numbers grow, and uh, we owe you one for that. We want you to continue to please tell your friends and your farming community about us. They can get to us in three ways. The first is to go to our website, www.cottongrower.com forward slash companion. Second way, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever it is that you find your podcasts on your tablet, on your smartphone. Uh, You know what you're doing. Just search for the Cotton Companion podcast uh, in those apps, in your podcast app. Uh, The third way, the best way in my opinion, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. That's the Cotton Grower e-news. You can do that by going to www.cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cotton Grower Mag. And on Facebook, you can find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. We hope that you are enjoying our latest issue. That's the January issue, which I am assured is in y'all's mailboxes by now. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. This podcast is produced by Mr. Tyler Hatch, who works at the Mothership Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name is Beck Beck Barnes, and I will be back with you in two weeks on the next episode of The Cotton Companion. For now, on behalf of my own Cotton Companion, Jim Stebman, we wish you and your operation all the best. Phytogen thanks you for listening to this edition of The Cotton Companion. To learn how you can thrive with Phytogen, go to phytogen.com.